Hey guys, it's Emily, and thank you for tuning in to this week's case study. And I am more than glad that you are tuning in. I know it's been a while. Things have gotten a little complicated with having Thanksgiving. No, not Thanksgiving break. Oh my goodness, fall break. It's all clouding in my head. <laughs> um, I hope you all have had a great week. And this week's case study focuses around forensic odontology. So if that interests you at all, Please keep listening. Alright, so this week's case study is on the case of LaVon Brooks. So, let's dive in. So, late at night on September 15, 1990, three-year-old Courtney Smith was abducted from her Brooksville, Mississippi home. Her 26-year-old uncle was asleep in the next room when she disappeared. Her body was found two, later, two days later oh my goodness, in a pond 80 yards from her house. She had been sexually assaulted and murdered. LaVon Brooks became a suspect because he was an ex-boyfriend of Smith's mother. Justin Albert Johnson also was briefly a suspect in this case. His ex-wife, Anson, lived next to the Smith residence and he had been inside the Smith house on the day of the abduction. Pathologist Dr. Stephen Hain performed an autopsy on the victim shortly after her body was found. He determined that she had been sexually assaulted and he also found possible bite marks on her wrist and referred the case to Dr. Michael West who was a forensic dentist he had previously worked with in Mississippi. West determined that the marks on the victim's body were indeed from human bites, and he took dental impression samples from 12 possible subject subjects, but this did not include LaVon Brooks, so keep that noted. Ten days after the victim was killed, police interviewed the victim's six-year-old sister, Ashley, who had said she had seen the perpetrator, aka LaVon Brooks abducted the victim and identified him as LaVon Brooks. Her mother's ex-boyfriend, based on her, oh yeah, he was her mother's ex-boyfriend. Based on her identification, Brooks was arrested and taken into court. The same day, September 25th, West took a sample of Brooks' teeth at the local jail. West testified at Brooks' trial, saying he compared Brooks' sample to the marks the found on the victim's body and that the two, a quote-unquote, matched the marks on the victim's body. He said Brooks made the marks with his two front teeth, also known as your central incisors, which led to Brooks being charged with capital murder. Brooks was tried before a jury in Noxubee County, Mississippi, in January 1992. The victim's sister testified that she saw Brooks abduct her sister, although her testimony had several contradictions. In addition to the state's case rested on the bite mark evidence presented by Dr. West, who testified, oh, in addition to this, he testified that it could be one but LaVon Brooks that bit this girl's, it could be no one except LaVon Brooks that bit this girl's arm. Brooks' defense attorneys presented an alibi defense that he was working on a club on working a club on the night of the murder and did not have an opportunity to commit the crime. They also challenged West's credentials and finding findings. 
After deliberating for around nine hours, the jury convicted Brooks of capital murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Just four months after Brooks was convicted, another young girl was abducted, raped, and killed in Brooksville, Mississippi. Their cases were similar. A three-year-old girl was taken from her home that night and found in a creek, but the similarities between the cases did not end there. Focused on Kennedy Brewer, the boyfriend of the victim's mother, well, police focused on them. Dr. Stephen Hain conducted the autopsy and said he found bite marks on the victim's body. West was called to analyze the bite marks. He confirmed that the marks were from a human bite and determined that they came from Brewer. Based on this evidence, Brewer was convicted in 1995 and sentenced to death. Sounds familiar? Yeah. The Innocent Project, Innocence Project, my bad, became involved in Brewer's case in 2001, consulting with Brewer's attorneys on DNA testing issues. DNA tests showed that semen from the victim's body excluded Brewer as the perpetrator of the crime and his conviction was overturned. He remained behind bars for six more years, however, awaiting a new trial. Another round of testing matched the profile of Justin Albert Johnson, who had been a suspect during the initial investigations of both Brewer and Brooks' cases. Johnson was interviewed by law enforcement officials, and he admitted to committing both murders, but adamantly, adamantly denied biting either victim. Following his confession, Brewer and Brooks were both freed on February 15, 2008, Briggs was officially cleared on March 13th. So, who played a part in these crimes? Well, you have the obvious, the suspects and the victim. So, the original victim of the case was Courtney Smith, three-year-old. And the original suspects of that case were LeVon Brooks and Justin Albert Johnson. LeBron was, LeVon, my bad, was the ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend of their mother, victim's mom, and Justin Albert Johnson was the ex-husband of the neighbors of the family who had, for whatever reason, had been in their house that day. There also was the victim's sister, Ashley Smith, who testified against LeVon. And then we have the two doctors that did all the forensic evidence, with Dr. Stephen Hain and Dr. Michael West. The victim of a similar case was Christine Jackson, and the suspect of that case was Kennedy Brewer. And as you may have realized, they had a lot of similarities between the two cases. It was really ironic. So when did this happen? So the original case happened in Brooksville, Mississippi. A specific crime happened in September 15th, 1990. And he was, Levon was convicted 1992 and exonerated in 2008. So as far as forensic evidence, there was a bite mark on the body. Well, actually both in both cases, there were bite marks on the body. The only difference was, even though the first one showed signs of sexual assault, the second body, which belonged to Christine Jackson had semen on it, which is how they linked it to, Johnson, I believe, yes. So, um, the bite marks were crucial because they used those to determine dependent on Brooks and Brewer. 
Also, the sister's witness testimony against Levon Brooks helped put him behind bars. So he, as far as being motive and opportunity, we know that he was the ex-boyfriend of Smith's mom, but his testimony said that he, or alibi, is that he went to the club that night so he couldn't have committed the crime. As far as outcome, obviously we know that he was convicted because of the bite mark and the testimony um, in 1992, but the Innocence Project helped him get exonerated in 2008 along with Brewer due to finding that the forensic evidence that Hain and West had against them wasn't truly accurate. Um, As you may know, forensic odontology is not by any means easy, very hard to just determine like a specific person belongs to a specific teeth, especially since the, as far as bite marks, the skin is very elastic and distortable. And so if you don't get the evidence as soon as possible, it could be different sizes and shapes of measurements. So measurements could have been wrong. And also people have very similar teeth. So that could also have been an issue. As far as reflections, personally, I think this shows flaws in forensics and in our justice system. Like obviously the people judging and the jury didn't have much issues with this case, but as far as like the forensic odontologists or dentists, they had flaws, they assumed, and it caused two innocent people to lose half some of their life in jail for no reason. Also, it shows, shines a spotlight specifically on forensic odontology, which a lot of people don't really know about. I know I didn't really know much about until I started taking forensics in my high school. So I think it's cool that such an interesting, like everyday thing, like. We all go to the dentist, hopefully, but we never really think about having to use that specific science in the forensic field. So I think that's cool that they have that. And yeah, so I think if this case, like looking back on it, I would say that if I had to take anything away, it would be that people assume that Things are just like they are on the crime scene shows, which is known as the CSI effect, if you didn't know. But when they assume that everything is easy or like obviously there, that's not true, especially in this case, because forensic odontology is super hard to convict someone with, especially if there's like a swelling or there's two people that have like really, really similar teeth. So yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed today's case study on LaVon Brooks. Um, thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully I'll be back again with a new episode next Friday. And I'm very sorry about not being active these past, like recently I had fall break and um 
yeah, we moved the the day to Fridays instead of Wednesday, so hopefully that's okay with you guys. Um, I think this is wrapping it up. Um, once again, I'm Emily. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, I hope y'all have a great night considering it's not 15 right now where I am, but um, yeah, thank you.